Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 32. We are back. Sadly, bad news. Um, this show was going to be all about breaking down UFC 249, which was supposed to happen this weekend, but you know what? It's not happening. It almost happened. It could have happened. It should have happened. It's not happening. Or is it happening? Now, there's a possibility of being May 9th. We will get into all of that later. But first, let me introduce myself. For those of you listening for the first time, I get a feeling we may have a little bit of an uptick after our show last week. Um, this is MMA State of Mind. Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man, all those wonderful things. I'm here with Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope, Just Win. Mike, I know you're not doing so well right now, but <laughs> how's the good portions of your day going? Oh, I still can't complain, man. I mean, life is always good when you're alive. So I'm just stoked to be here, ready to talk about some MMA, reflect on our M- Ken Shamrock interview, and just talk about a little bit more madness. Yeah, as Mike said, we want to take a few minutes here just to re-go over uh, the Ken Shamrock interview we had last week. Obviously, the biggest guest we've had on this show, that is for sure. Um, my first time talking to him. Mike's talking to him a few times in the past. Um want to quick remind everyone, if you haven't checked out that interview, it was pretty in-depth. Uh, I was kind of surprised how much we got out of Ken. You can check that out on our podcast feed. And also, if you are not, please subscribe to us there and comment and review and all those wonderful things, as well as on YouTube. That is on there. Also in clips, little snippets. If you don't want to necessarily watch the whole interview, there's a little shorter, easily digestible videos there. Um, Mike, you handled a good chunk of the half portion of that interview. I was having a little bit of internet technical difficulties. So overall, how did you feel the interview went with Ken? Uh, I thought it went absolutely amazing, man. I, I Ken talks so well for as many fights as he's been in. I mean, we speak with a lot of fighters now that are super punch drunk and it's kind of sad because even some of them are really young. So uh, Ken, just speaking so eloquently still and uh, just so uh, passionately, is just really cool to see. It's just a pleasure to be able to call Ken Shamrock, uh, I guess, at any time and just be able to ask him to pop on and uh, discuss epic events like UFC 1 and 5 and so forth. So I, I just absolutely just had, a, you know, just, just, just delighted to have Ken. And we got so much from him that I really, even as myself, listened to it at least three or four times. But, uh, you know, I'm a dork. But for you, uh, you know, that was your first time ever meeting Ken or talking to Ken. And so what, what was it like for you? Uh, I, I would uh, second the just being impressed with how clear he was in speaking. Uh, very articulate, which in general not all fighters are, let alone after such a long career as him, and it's just impressive how much stuff he still has going down the pipeline. The upcoming book, the bare-knuckle fighting he's involved with, professional wrestling, he still has like three or four jobs, which is three or four more jobs than most uh, UFC vets have, so that is beyond impressive, Uh, and with how quick he was able to hop on with us and 
the commitment to be able to do that in the future. Um, and obviously it was always, it's great. The connections that we have both with him and actually you having uh, in the past, both with your brother and the training camp and everything like that. I'm trying to think I'm like, in all seriousness, we could probably go back and in a few weeks from now, or even a few months, we could revisit, maybe talk to Ken again. And cause he was in so many other great MMA events uh so like other than like the ufc one and five which obviously we talked to ken about uh, for quite a bit because those were his battles with hoist we didn't really talk about the bellator one that much he did a little bit uh what other fight or fight card that he fought on would you really want to broach with him in the future i believe it was a uh, ufc six or seven is when he won uh the soup he was a super fight champion and i beat i think it was dan severn uh, so I, th- I think that one would be really cool to talk about. Uh, not many people got to beat him, and they they both had similar styles back then, which was kind of rare. No, that, yeah, that would definitely be a good one, probably that one, and then we could probably come up with a uh, one of his pride fights and bring that all together and probably not cover more than two events uh, with him when we do talk to him because obviously he, did, he has so much insider info on those that you don't want to like cheapen what he has by throwing too much at him. Because then you 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 miss the little minutia there. That's, that's so entertaining. Well, obviously that was a great interview for us, and so please go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up: we did have an earlier show last week, um, one that both Mike and the namesake, Mister Prime himself, did on the WrestleMania that had happened over that past weekend. I just want to talk about how. I think they did such a great job because I am not a WWE or professional wrestling guy. I said to them uh, jokingly beforehand, and and it's actually true, the extent of my WWE or pro wrestling knowledge is from the movie Ready to Rumble with uh, David Arquette and uh, uh, Sean Kane. But you know what? I learned a little something, but it was clear enough that I I learned quite a bit and I was able to follow it and did enjoy it. So I want to give you and Prime kudos on that. And I don't know, I guess... I don't know if it would be just be for WrestleManias, but would you ever do that again in the future with Prime on one of the bigger uh, WWE shows? Oh, definitely, man. I mean, I, I've loved WWE, WCW, WWF, uh, W, everything that it's been called since it's been uh, initiated. So I would love to go back and do it again, especially when it's not so, so weird when there was no fans. The fans really, really make it. So I, I, I just absolutely love when they're cheering for the the wrestlers and their walkouts and everything so I, I had a blast with prime i mean he, he's a wealth of knowledge always when you're talking with him uh, that's why he's our mentor and we're just uh, always stoked just to be able to have him on the microphone so hopefully we can get prime back on when we talk about some real betting and he could uh, just give us his insights on how line movement works and how, how he taught us and there's so many other things that we could talk about so but i definitely want to do another wrestling one Oh, that's a good point about having him on at some point uh, to discuss his policies and plans on live move, line movement and uh, betting policy just in general. And obviously, he you guys went over the plays that he had for WrestleMania and how well he did the first night and just oh, overall throughout the whole thing still ending up ahead. One thing I wanted to touch on, it actually kind of dovetails into our UFC talk, is uh, the state of Florida has recent, recently deemed sporting events, entertainment events, all those type of things under the umbrella of essential services. Uh, This came because of strictly of WWE because that's where their performance center is and that's where they had been recording uh, so many of their shows. Uh, Obviously no crowds, but they are 
putting them in that category. And if a proposed next UFC card happens in the early portion of May that we will get to in a minute, I think the UFC is going to end up in Florida and use that stipulation to actually be able to have a show since they were shut down. Mike, how do you feel about them them possibly being in Florida, uh, the early goings of May, and how possible do you think that actually is? Well, when everything revolves around money, sadly, I think it's super possible because, I mean, the economy is just going to keep tumbling if they don't get something going. But, uh, I mean, that's what happens when you keep printing money and you're $20 trillion in debt. I don't know what they expect, but it's, it's certainly what I expected at some point in my life. So I really would love for them to start doing some shows just for my selfish, uh, in the sense of my own selfishness. I mean, if I want, if we're all gonna die, like I want to watch something fun to, uh, while we do. So at least let's get it going. Let's let's see something because all of us fans want to be entertained. I mean, we used to sacrifice people in, in the Gladiator Coliseum just to just for fun. So I mean, let's let's just get it going. I want to see stuff. Actually, kind of skewing a little way f- away from like MMA and, and kind of everything. This is kind of a weird tangent. I'm gonna go on somewhat, but I, I, if, if this could help anyone out that's gonna hear it, I want to say it. Um, in terms of the money and the government pumping money into stuff to try to keep the economy going, to let anyone out there knowing that's struggling with a small business, I mean, obviously their their version of a small business is up to 500 employees, but you know, whatever. If you have a small business and you're listening to us right now, part of the CARE Act that is part of the stimulus package they were able to put through, it has a payroll protection program set up all you have to do is contact your bank you get the paperwork you fill everything out what it is is a 10 week I believe it's 10 it's 10 or 12 weeks i think it's 10 weeks uh payroll basically like a loan that you'll have to help cover your payroll and then provided that you can maintain your payroll over that period of time that loan becomes a uh, forgiven grant so basically free money to keep your business moving um so just throwing that out, we've recently have to go through that with uh, our business, try to keep everything safe and keep our employees employed and all that kind of stuff. And I know some people are struggling out there, so by all means, hop on that. Uh, my DMs are open at uh, MMA State of Mind on Twitter. If you have any questions on that, I'm absolutely willing to help anyone out uh, in that case if you can as someone who's gone through that process with their business. So by all means, contact me. So, whoops, sorry, going back into fighting. Just wanted to throw that one out there. Uh, next, I want to talk about Mike's survival tips because I Obviously, I'm still working, but all around not very handy and can't help you guys out with very much, but I know Mike can. So, Mike, uh, what is your survival tips for the coronavirus this week? Well, man, I do a lot of gardening and uh, especially MJ, and you get a lot of uh, predator, I guess, pests, uh, mites, aphids, um, moss come, they land, they lay eggs, and then they they uh, turn into caterpillars and they infest your buds and they just absolutely destroy your crops. So uh, I use ladybugs all the time. I I release them in the evening and let them go to work and let them uh, eat all the eggs off the underside of the leaves and they can actually eat the aphids themselves. And if the ladybugs are too small to do the job, I usually uh, get some praying mantis eggs. They come in a little plastic case at your do-it-yourself center or your home uh, Home Depot, not really. It's like a do-it-yourself center, or you could order them online. It comes in a little. It's like an. It's an egg off a tree. It comes in a little clear case. You just put it in the sunlight for a few days. 
or you can put the egg, the little egg case in your garden and it hatches up, up to 150 praying mantis and praying mantis are the little ninjas of the garden they fuck up everything so any, they sit and they t are they're territorial and they'll take over wherever they're hatched or you place them and so I strategically put them all around my backyard and in my garden areas uh, to help fight pests because I don't want any of those things ruining thousands and thousands of dollars worth of crops. So uh, you can get them. Uh, ladybugs usually a, a lot easier than praying mantis, but either way, you can get them online easily. And uh, you keep them in your refrigerator and they last for a long time. Obviously, for anyone who has listened to the previous podcast where we've had this little segment and have already started using grow lamps and getting a little bit of... Uh, gardening going yourself some vegetables whatever you are on your side this is a great uh addendum to that sorry mike go ahead also th that works for indoors too so i mean i still bring them i have an indoor grow and an outdoor so either one works and like prey mantises and ladybugs will do perfectly fine uh with the indoor setup yeah i mean you're gonna sacrifice you know thousands of ladybugs in your lifetime but uh i mean <laughs> you're growing crops so they're, they're more important Oh, absolutely, Dermot. I wasn't going down a segment of being a bleeding heart for ladybugs. Uh, I, don't, I don't lose sleep over lost ladybugs, and that, that, that is a hill I'm willing to die on right there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so Dana White has announced the mega. I, I believe that they're still considering it UFC 249 because obviously that one has been quote-unquote postponed, and now they're just combining it into a mega card. So as of right now, if this happens on May 9th, which is a possibility, and if not May 9th, if they keep this card together at some point, this card is straight fire. Um, there's three title fights on top. Uh, I will go down and bring up... We'll, we'll go from bottom up because then that way... The excitement builds towards the end, and then afterward, Mike, I'll get your take on the card, and then we can do a little bit further breakdown and further discussion. But uh, the first fight they have listed is Charles Rosa versus Bryce Mitchell, uh, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. That's a rematch. The Jacare Hall fight would be moved to this one. Uh, Asparza versus Watterson, Olenek versus uh, Fabricio Verdum. That'd be Verdum's fight back after his uh, USADA pop. Uh, Hardy versus DaCosta Cerrone versus Pettis but that one will be at 170 um, Stevens versus Cater would be on this one Ninganu versus Rosenstruck and then the three title fights would be Nunes versus Spencer for 45 uh, Cejudo versus Cruz for 35 they're going to keep that bantam fight going and then the main event would be Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gagey still trying to get that interim title fight there for Tony Ferguson. Are there any fights there that jump out at you, Mike, or ones that you just wouldn't want to see happen, or just ones that you're happy are finally going to happen, if they do, I suppose? Dude, that, that card sounds fucking phenomenal, man. I mean, it, it blows my mind, all the names that you said. Uh, but the only thing that just keeps slamming and ringing off my head is uh, Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. Uh, I'll, I'll put my money on Bryce uh, Mitchell all day long versus uh, Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa's not not a tough, tough uh, character uh, like on the streets type, and uh, Bryce Mitchell is. So I, I really would like to see what the line we get on that is. I'd like to see what we get on Cerrone Pettis. And uh, there was, uh, I think you said Olenek and Verdum. That, uh, that would be interesting to see that. And uh, a couple others. It just, they, they all seem just absolutely amazing, bro. I, I, I really want to see that all come through. Yeah, that Bryce Mitchell versus Rosa card, I can only imagine uh, Mitchell be underdog, and I agree, I kind of like the underdog on that one. I think Rosa has uh, kind of hit a plateau, and I think Mitchell is uh, perpetually getting better. 
the Olenek Verdum card that's the fight that's just going to be I can only hope for some just ridiculous heavyweight scrambles in that one. Uh, Cerrone will likely be a heavy dog considering when they fought at lightweight. Granted, this is quite a few years ago. Uh, I was there live. It was at a UFC on Fox card. The second or third one, I believe, that they had there. Uh, Pettis beat Cerrone with a body shot. Early goings in the first round. But this will be at 70, and Pettis has looked just not good. <laughs> um, yeah, and Nagano Rosenstock. Oh, this, this is... These are the type of fight cards. I mean, three title fights. One would probably fall out as the UFC usually go, but these were the fight cards that got me into MMA and got me into the UFC. Just this many names on it that make you want to watch it from start to finish and would help you learn some of the guys on the in between. So, man, yeah, I hope this happens. Cruz and Cejudo, man. I, I I know some people don't like it, but I really like that. Oh, dude, I'm the- all for that fight. I am 100% on for that fight. I was so pumped when I heard that. I'm. I don't mean to sound terribly down on Cejudo all the time, but I feel like I am because I don't think he beat Mighty Mouse the second time. I don't. <laughs> and he was getting his butt kicked by Marias before Marias just kind of faltered. And I'm sorry, he's not going to do well at bantamweight. It's just, it's not going to happen. Like Cruz out-wrestled to an extreme degree. Demetrius Johnson. Granted, that was quite a few years ago, many injuries ago, and all of those things, but Suhudo's looking real thick at 35, and I just think uh, Dominic Cruz is just going to be able to manhandle him, but I, I guess that might just be me. I can't wait for it, man. I guess that's the question to ask. So, I know they want to have a fight card. They want to have a big fight card. I don't know if there had been any side agreements or whatever, or they just know that he's the type of dude that would do both, but What's your feeling on them still going through with the Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gagey fight as opposed to trying to just wait on the Khabib-Tony fight? Oh, man, I it just shows you that they're just always playing with us, man. I, I don't know. It just breaks my heart, but it's still going to be a lot of fun at least. No, I, I completely agree. I'm just... I know we looked it up last time. I need to look it up again because I apologize for any listeners that we have that may or may not be of the Muslim persuasion, but I always forget because I know it changes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to want to say, like, why? I was wondering if this was into Ramadan for May 9th, but it is because it starts the April 23rd and goes till yeah. May 23rd. Bingo. Yeah, I was. But even with that, I mean, there's. There's already two other title fights on here. I can't imagine they couldn't get some other bigger nips. But whatever. I want to see Tony fight, and Tony Ferguson versus Gagey is an amazing fight. And for all we know, given the past history, if you have um, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib scheduled again, given what past has happened, I don't know, them scheduled a seventh time might result in World War III. And I don't really want to die today. So I am guess I'm okay that they're not going to make that since everything bad happens when they make that fight. Um, I have a quote here from Kevin Aioli. He talked to Dana White. This is not quite breaking news, but this has happened within like the half hour. Uh, and Dana White said that their fight island will be good to go mid-May, which would be like the week after UFC 249. So they'll be start pumping out events if that works out. How... I know we've loosely talked about it before, so but now that it's seeming more and more like a reality, how are you feeling about Fight Island? Oh, I'm stoked. I, I've always been stoked. I mean, it, when they, they say they could do something, I, I fully believe them. It just ha- shows you how much money they have and how much they're willing to sacrifice. 
So it's going to be really cool for all the international fighters. They'll be able to fly there. For, they'll break loophole rules. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, does you shot does you shot a travel there too? I mean, I, I don't even know. Well, I, if anything, I think that USADA, on the whole, is perpetually breaking the rules with all of the different stipulations now of, like, six feet of, of space in between and all that kind of stuff. I do like the idea that it's going to be supposedly in international water, so yes, the traveling for international fighters should work out fine, and there's going to be enough space that they'll be able to train there also, so they can go there for X amount of time beforehand, train, stay separate, get recorded with no audience, and just limit the amount of people. And I'm not trying to be selfish here, because I do think of all the sports, MMA, UFC is one that could kind of keep going. Because as much as, like, yeah, the crowd's there, it's awesome, it's great to see a live event, and they're making that ticket ticket money back. They make the vast majority of their money on the TV deal, obviously, the, the fact they have to get their 42 events this year to get the amount of money they want to get from ESPN. I, I can see without the crowd and them pumping out events, but I don't know. It don't, to me, sometimes it almost seems like a slap in the face. They're pumping... I can't imagine how much it costs to buy a private island, but these guys, some of the guys that are making like 10 and 10, I bet they got to be hurting right now. Mike, how do you feel about that uh, little money disparity there of buying a private island versus a guy that's going to be making <laughs> 10 and 10? Yeah, that... <laughs> when you say it like that, man, I totally forget... But yeah, it sucks, bro. I mean, it, it's insane that they could obviously buy that island. Like I said, throw all that money at it, but they can't throw money at the fighters and barely get them health insurance. Uh, nowadays, they do, I guess. But when my brother was fighting, it was an out of your pocket when you get your nose broken. Yeah, I know now with their insurance, provided it happens in fight camp or in a fight, they cover it. So, obviously, I don't know. Like, I've heard from fighters or interviews from fighters that a lot of them will have quote-unquote bruises that they make apparent then after the fight so it gets covered. Be like, oh, I think I may have got hit here and have a torn something here, even though that's probably something they've been nursing for quite a few months. <laughs> Man, I, I do hope this fight card happens uh, selfishly. If they could do it in a safe manner because obviously things are getting more and more real depending where you are like even just today uh i talked to a guy at the transfer station where we dump uh, our trash and he notified me to let our recycle guy know to not go to their recycle facility because one of their sorters tested positive so luckily we were able to get a hold of him like when he was feet away from pulling on the scale so he was able to turn around and go to another location but obviously stuff like that's going on for a lot of people whether you're working outside or not, like that's, that's why. Great. That's crazy, huh? <laughs> oh, you dude! Know, it, you know what? I just checked uh, re- today. The, I got my stimulus from the government for the twelve hundred plus the five hundred for my son Damien. So I did my taxes pretty early. So it, some everyone should be getting that soon if you're a working ta- uh, taxed American. Yeah, and here's hoping um, if you haven't yet. And I don't know if it's too late to do so, but to have it signed up for direct deposit. Because if you're waiting around for a check check, some of those might not be coming around for a while yet. Okay, go ahead, Mike. I, I actually didn't sign up for anything, bro. I just, as long as you filed your your taxes this year it or last year, probably, it, it, just, knew, it just knew to send that American X amount that you claimed. So it was, like I said, 1200 for me, and then I put my son Damien, and so 500 for him, and it was 1700 So just want to let the Americans know that are waiting or wondering if when the relief from our leaders were coming, it's coming. Yeah, I think uh, I looked up a date on that, uh, tail end of last week, just because I was curious 
and I believe they said the direct deposits would go anywhere between the 10th and the 15th. So the 15th is tomorrow. So if you haven't got your check, if my dates are anywhere right, you should be getting that in the next like 24 or so hours. So here's hoping that helps all the people that I know that are struggling. I've got plenty of family members that have been furloughed, which is a nice way of saying fired till they could afford to pay you. Um, And others that are just straight up not working, which... Thank you, Local 44, because I'd, I'd, be, I'd be broke without them. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's one of the times where unions are absolutely a great thing. Once you get into them and can pay into them and everything like that, I got to... My... This is a paid public service announcement, <laughs> Local 44. I love you. Uh, cool, that's a rough spot. I got I got, uh, my, got a cousin and his wife. They're both in academia. They both got, like, masters in, like, educational-type stuff, and he got fired... She works at a museum. She's furloughed. So they both had to file for unemployment a couple weeks back. So here's hoping that, yeah, that stimulus pe- uh, check helps them out. And uh, like I said before, for any of you with the small business, that can cover that too, provided you put in the right information. So again, contact me. I'm more than willing to help on direct messenger. I'm there. So if, if you want to hit me up for that, I'm absolutely willing to help. Also, some people, you know, are really, you know, gun shy to go ask for help and reluctant to ask for food stamps or something from the government and sometimes it's just it's worth asking you never know there's people that don't understand that you might not make enough money per year anyways and then they'll give you some kind of help so i mean i know that i've been so broke sometimes i've had to sleep in my car at points in my life and i've definitely didn't want to ever ask for help but i I have been so humble enough where i've put my hand out and asked for help so make sure that you're not so uh prideful that you don't get yourself some help because if you don't put your hand out you don't get fed now drifting a little back uh into mma uh for the most part we are now officially a month because it was march 18th was the last ufc card was the ufc brazilia card and we are saying all these wonderful things about the possibility of this May 9th option. And if not the May 9th option, then the mid-month when they're on Fight Island. But when you start thinking about that, if it's mid-month, that's another month away with no fights. And even May 9th, that's three weeks away. So we're going to try to get into right now what our plans are for at least the coming future of, of at least next week. And we can go give probably a further breakdown beyond that. So Mike, I wanted to ask you specifically, obviously because you're my co-pilot here and we are going to need to figure out something to do. We could possibly go over another older fight card. We've so far done that with uh, the tough six finale uh, with your brother's fight. We did UFC one and a little bit five uh, talking with Frank with uh, sorry Ken Shamrock. Is there any fight cards off the top that you might want to delve into? Uh, we will have time, obviously. Like if we pick an event, there's plenty of time within a show to cover other things if news comes. Because obviously, this UFC 249 is an evolving event, possibly having that as a pay-per-view and fight island is an evolving situation so we will obviously always have news and notes going on but is there sorry for that loud noise i just banged my watch on the desk if you didn't hear that that's awesome if you did i apologize for the loud noise um is there a event that's popping out at you that you haven't seen too many others cover or just like your particular favorite event um, you know, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of a specific one, but I'm thinking about all the prides that I've watched in the past 
And I would really like to go over a Pride event because uh, the Pride rules were just epic and uh, the Japanese fans are always the best to me and they're really knowledgeable. So if we could go over a Pride FC card and uh, if we could find a really eventful one, which there are plenty, I think that would be uh, really cool. Even uh, Pride, I think it was 33, was with uh, Dan Henderson uh, versus Wanderlei Silva. I will believe you in a second. That's uh, I have seen all of the prides but i do not know them to the degree that i know the earlier ufc so here i'll even i'll type that in you'd have pride 33 um one thing we could also do judging by if you haven't seen it we had a little bit of a question for a lot of people over on the website's twitter asking when people started watching the ufc we kind of gave a window there and there's been a lot of play of people saying when their first fight card was yes that was uh, dan henderson versus uh, vanderlei silva nick diaz versus uh, takanori gomi uh yeah Mauricio shogun hua versus overeem mike russell i forgot mike russell fought on there wow versus sergey kiritanov mac danzik was on that one okay we're gonna write that one down sorry i forgot how awesome that fight card was so that's definitely gonna be one of them um yeah but in so, term- sorry for my uh, lagging when I, I into the microphone when i was thinking i didn't oh no dude you're talking about stupid. a fight card that happened over 13 years ago so you get you get a, you get a little bit of a pass right there in my opinion um so that is definitely going to be an option that will very likely be what we're going to cover next week but also what i want to bring up to you that i think would probably lead us into may 9th is the first pay-per-view that you ever watched you'll do yours and i could do mine and that will be fight cards because then, then we also have a because one thing that a lot, a lot of guys are doing, a lot of shows I've seen are doing events. And I, I love it. I love looking back at old events and stuff like that. And where were you when? But I think there's something special about the first pay-per-view you ever saw, feelings you had. So either pay-per-view that you saw or were at. We could discuss which of those would you rather do. Would you rather do the first uh, pay-per-view you were at or the first pay-per-view that you watched? You know, it sounds crazy, but I, my dad died in uh, 1994. I was um, I was nine when he passed. So UFC one was the first pay per view that we ever watched. So that we had oh, one shit. of those one of those pirated black boxes that you get you would take you would be able to get at every single event. I even watched the WW WCW and WWF events. So my 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 brother's been doing Gracie Jiu Jitsu forever. Um, and and so therefore I've, I've been watching it since the very beginning so it'd be either i think it was one or two it was i'm pretty sure it was one though because i was about nine my brother was 13 so it was uh that was about right then well here we'll let's do it this way then what was the first pay-per-view you were you ever attended live do you remember yeah ken shamrock versus tito ortiz which didn't end up very well <laughs> but still i didn't uh, want to i was i was gonna i didn't even want to bring it up last week. oh dude that's so well, that, that, like, that's yeah, why on, honestly we when, we, when we talked right to, by <laughs> when we talked to ken also i didn't i didn't want to bring up that the first ever fight i watched um i watched a replay of the uh tough finale not when it was on and i must have missed the boniverse griffin thing because you only the first fight that i watched in its entirety was him versus Rich Franklin and Rich Franklin finished him in the first round so I was definitely not going to bring that one up yeah, but to his, credit, he, to his credit that was later in his career when he oh no you know that was he, much that was much later in his career yeah so either way he's still the legend I, I oh no he, I, I, absolutely it's just incredible uh you know how many fights he's been in some of those we didn't even want him to take he's just a savage as UFC 40 
I'll write that down. That could be one of the ones we cover. And then since we're doing a lot of old ones, it's up to up to you. Um, my first one that I saw was since I watched the uh, Franklin versus Shamrock on the Tough. The first one that I bought and watched was the next time he was on a pay per view. And that one was when he fought, um, uh, Evan, was it Evan Tanner? Was it 42? No, it's after that. I thought it was higher. I thought it was like 53. I don't know why. Ooh, ooh, yeah, Pride yeah, Gr- it was 53. It was heavy hitters. Pride Grand Prix 2000 finals. So for my Race first, killer. For, for my first one that I saw, like pay-per-view that I bought was UFC 53, but we are doing a decent amount of older ones. It took me a lot longer to get to a live one. My first live pay-per-view when i was older uh i went to ufc 126 in vegas that was the one with i mean rich franklin also fought on that card but (laughs) he was my guy back in the day um but that was when uh anderson silva had the front kick ko of vitor belfort so just i mean it was and it was a great card that was a lot of the wec guys uh ufc debuts that was a great one so what we could do if you want we could do uh pride fc 33 we could do ufc 40 and then it's up to you we could for me we could either do ufc 53 or ufc 126 which sounds better to you ufc 53 was forrest griffin was on the card paul buntello uh andre arlovsky evan tanner rich franklin <laughs> actually oddly enough uh forrest griffin fought rich franklin on ufc 126 that's one of the main reasons i wanted to go to see that one but well, let's go to, let's do 126. Okay. So 126, 126. Okay. So let's go, let's try to get this in kind of in an order because that would work out well. So UFC 40, 2002. So we'll do this. We'll have, we'll do, especially because it'll still be fresh because obviously we recently have talked to Ken. So we could do UFC 40 next week. Then the week after that, we can cover the Pride FC 33. That was a good pick on you, by you. And then after that, we'll do UFC 126. And then if this May 9th one happens, that should get us up to right to the week before that one, which would be our typical show. Again, for any of you that have recently hopped on how the shows typically work, which uh, the entire premise of the show setup was how... The weeks used to be where the beginning of the show we would review the last fight card, a little bit of news, and then preview the next one. So by then we might actually at least get to preview a card. So how, how's that schedule sounding to you? It sounds amazing, bro. Okay, so let's write. I'm gonna make sure I have everything set up for Pride 33 for everybody. So let everybody know so that they can watch the second coming. Was the tagline for it? And we're just going to quick, I want to read off the whole fight card just because there was names on the whole thing. And we will likely at least touch on every fight once you see the names that are on here. Apparently there's a bunch of fights that, ooh, a bunch of fights were canceled off it. Jeez. Um, so I just want to, because we could talk about those a little bit later. The, uh, there's There were four canceled fights on there, actually. Um, Gilbert Ivel was supposed to fight Siri Karatanov, but... Uh, Ivel got prohibited by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, so that's why Sergey Karatanov ended up fighting Mike Russo in short notice. Because uh, Uhira Nakamura was supposed to fight Travis View, but then Nakamura had a knee injury, so that's why Travis View ended up fighting James Lee. Wes Sims was supposed to fight Kazuyuki 
Fujita, but the NSAC ruled bout uncompetitive. <laughs> Sorry, I'm missing stuff like that on this stuff. Um, that's why, yeah. And then Wes Sims was then supposed to fight Mark Hunt, but that was also ruled uncompetitive. <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, but okay, so the fight... Oh man, they got some names here from back in the day. Okay, so the first fight on the card was uh, Yo Kim Hansen versus Jason Ireland. Then Frank Trigg, before he shaved his head, versus Kazuo Misaki. Uh, James Lee versus Travis View. Sokuju, back when Sokuju was a thing, versus uh, Rogerio Nogera. Hayata Sakurai versus Mac Danzig, before his. Uh, tough stint which we went over at uh, the tough finale uh, this was him way back when uh, then Sergey Cardano versus Mike Russo Mike Russo who destroyed Todd Duffy's life and career former Chicago cop I believe I believe he's still former Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Alistair Overeem back when Overeem wasn't Uberim and was still a 205er Nick Diaz versus uh, Takanori Gomi have quite the Stuff to talk about with that one, with plenty of things that have changed since. And then the main event is Dan Henderson, back when I believe he was still Hollywood Henderson, versus Vanderlei Silva in the main event. That's for that was that one was for a title there. This was if memory serves the first Pride event in the US, right? Or is there a different one I'm forgetting, Mike? Do you remember? I think there was one more before that, but it Yeah, because that would that would make sense. This one's called the second cup. Uh, oh, there you go. Pride 32. The real deal. That one was uh, in Las Vegas before. Then they had one of their Bushidos in between and Shockwave 2006 See, was I in between something. there, too. I know I do. You know a lot. You you, <laughs> you, you probably here. you probably know the specifics of uh, Pride stuff more than I do because... I love Pride. I love Japanese fans. I'm German and German and Japanese super close allies. I, I absolutely love their culture. Love, love their fans, dude. Oh, well, that's why one thing I did and... Obviously, it's getting hard to do that now with how many events the UFC is pumping out there. But what I did after I became a fan is first I went back and watched all of the UFCs, like from the beginning, to catch up to where I was. And then, well, actually, first what I did, yeah, I did that and then started watching the Tufts because you realize if you watch all the Tufts back in the day, this doesn't work anymore because there's too many and the guys don't stick around. But back in the day, those guys actually stuck around and then you knew like half the roster if you watch, just watched the Tough seasons. Then I went back and started from the first Pride. But since you watched them in like sequential order, fairly close together, they kind of blend on like which fight went on which event. So I'm not as, like, basically anything past, like, the 40s to 50s in the UFC, I'm pretty solid on what happened and what event. I remember all the Pride fights, but they jumble up so much, because when you watch, like, five to six events in, like, a week to ten days, everything kind of just starts to blend, I think. It's kind of got messed up there. Yeah, and it it helped that my brother taught me, and, uh, you know, he's four years older, so he was teaching me a little bit before, too. Well, and you got to have uh, conversations about it. I don't think it was till I got to college that I actually found people that were also MMA and or UFC fans. <laughs> so that helped out probably quite a bit. No, the, co- the coolest thing, dude, was when we were, I was like, what, had to be 17, 18, at most 19. We would go around um, and fall, like, and I'd have 
trains of my friends from school uh, or close friends. We'd go down to San Diego, get a hotel rooms, uh, travel over to Tijuana, watch his first fights, or then watch him at the San Diego Sports Arena when he started getting a little bit more professional. And we used to just t- take over hotels and just have absolute blast, uh, you know, the f- fight week. So I absolutely just love uh, the history of it. Okay, so... For all of you listening, obviously we had a little bit of rambling there and towards the end to figure stuff out, but I'd like to bring you guys in to the conversation there so you feel like you're part of it. Um, so now you know what we kind of have planned for about the next three weeks. So for next week, we are going to delve deep into UFC 40. And since it's just me covering one event and it's just going to be um, me and Mike will be able to kind of go... Not just to break down of the fight cards, but one, one, one of the reasons I like doing uh, stuff like this is you get to cover like everything's encircling it too. Like we'll be able to talk about where Ken was coming from, how Tito was coming up. It's like Tito finally making a name for himself post the Frank Shamrock era. We'll be able to talk about guys lower on the card and where their careers went after this and where they started. Like, I mean, Robbie Lawler fought on that card. Carlos Newton, like there, there was tons of many big names on that fight card. There's two title fights. Like it, it was a big fight card. So we'll be able to delve deeper into it. So we are covering UFC 40 Vendetta next week don't worry we will absolutely pump that out to you guys repeatedly over the next week plus some reminders to watch the whole thing and honestly this is back when it's not that hard to watch a whole fight card because there's only like nine to ten fights on them this one only had eight there you go you'll be able to catch it up in no time it's not like a 14 fight card like we're typically dealing with now so uh before we officially sign off and bid you guys adieu for one more week of quarantine do you have anything to say to the people mike uh, we just really appreciate you guys listening and taking time to become our family. Uh, just go back and make sure you watch and, or listen. Watch, yeah, I guess you could watch the YouTube, but listen to our Ken Shamrock interview. It was absolutely delightful, and there was, uh, there was plenty of information for you. So please go back, take a look, and rate, reviews, and sub- subscribe. Absolutely, rate, review, subscribe to us on the podcast feed. That's the MMA for Money Show. MMA for Money being one word. Also, please, 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 don't just like, don't just watch. Comment on our YouTube videos. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you like. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. That we will respond and try our best to provide to you contact content that you will like. Now, again, final reminder. Do not forget to watch UFC 40. I guess it's not a final reminder. You're probably going to hear it about 10 more times. But the last time on this show to watch UFC 40. And with that, let's roll. Mm-hmm.